Hello and welcome to Columbus Local Podcast. This is episode 22 and tonight we are featuring Bart Jenkins. Bart, how are you, sir? Hey, Lenny. I'm doing good. You know, as we predicted, the pregame was extended. <laughs> we got a little late start tonight. That was, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a pregame, a uh, mid-game, post-game. Extended show, extended conversation and uh, good times. Yes. And uh, so with Bart Jenkins, you know, we know you as the the bass player in town that stands on your upright bass. What kind of bass is that? It's good to be known for something, even uh, even something as simple as that. What kind of bass are we talking there, man? Um, that is a. uh, it's nothing fancy, and it's a uh, Carlo Rebelli bass that I got from Sam Ash Music back when I worked there years ago. Um, and I bought it for the grand sum of $75. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> right off the sales room floor. All right, and, so uh, did it come with the, the fancy Rockabelly no. uh, Flame custom paint job? No, it was actually... Uh, it was. It looked nothing like it does now. It was um, natural wood color. It sat on our. I used to work there, and uh, it sat on the floor for like over a year, and it would sit there. And every once in a while, I'd go over and play it, just goofing around and you know, having fun in, in the dull moments of the day. And uh, it sat there so long, like the lights are beating down on it, and it was getting all dried out and. Wasn't being taken care of, wasn't, you know, terrible conditions, probably just dry, you know, no humidity or anything. And uh, and so it was starting to fall apart on the sales room floor and no names. I won't name anybody. I asked somebody just like, hey, like, can, what are we going to do with this thing? Like, hey, we can't sell it. Nobody's going to buy this thing. It's like falling apart at the seams, literally. And uh, I was like, you know, w- you know. Like, how much would you take for this thing? Like, if I just bought it, you know, what's the cost on it? And uh, and the guy was like, he's like, well, he's like, seventy five bucks. <laughs> I mean, this thing went, this thing sold for like a thousand bucks on the sure. floor, which is, you know, not as far as upright basses go. That's actually kind of cheap in itself. You know, they're they, they're not cheap instruments generally. And uh, I was like, all right, deal. I was like, let me. Uh, this is like a Sunday night. We're like closing down. It's just me and him hanging out. And I was just like, you know what? I was like, well, pull my van around, and here's seventy five bucks, and out the door it went. And uh, fitting your, fit your car okay? Yeah, I had a big <laughs> conversion van back then. It was like G twenty Chevy vans, like all kinds of room. <laughs> I miss that thing. But uh, took it home and. Uh, me with the help of my dad, we like took it apart and like uh, kind of reconstructed it, put it back, put it back together. Like took it apart, put it back, glued it, clamped it, let it sit for like a week, and uh, then you know he did a lot of the work. We you know, sanded it down, took off the. I had a, like idea. I was like, like I want to make it all like rockabilly flames, like you know, look, make it look like a rock and roll bass, and uh, debated like what color and everything. I was like, you know, white would be cool because the light would light reflect off it and like whatever light shines on it will become blue, red, whatever. And uh, he put it back together and um, 
we, we sanded it down and painted it. And it's actually got a couple layers of boat paint on it. My dad has a wooden boat. And, uh, <laughs> and so we, we got fancy, expensive boat paint on it. And it was all glossy and shiny and had the flame de decals made and the rest is history. And I've been pounding and beating on that thing for about 20 years now. 20, okay, yeah. So I was going to ask you, like, did so 20 years old, that base. Yep. It's, uh, it's been through hell and back. It's, <laughs> it sits in my garage. So succeeded, though, man. <laughs> it sits it in my garage 365 days a year when I'm not playing it. <laughs> and it's a, it's a freak of nature. I don't do a damn thing to it. It doesn't ever get set up. We, uh, actually, Tony from uh, Third Degree Cyber, we, uh, we took some, uh, when we were trying to figure out a way to put pickups on it, because we tried a bunch of different pickup systems, and like none of them were loud enough for our band. They were all just like kind of like low volume pickup systems. They didn't really have enough ass behind them. And uh, so we took some like uh, regular, just like electric bass pickups off some crappy bass he had laying around in his basement, and took those pickups off and glued them on to the bottom, bottom of the neck board. And just made it into like a gigantic electric bass, basically, basically, and uh, <laughs> and those pickups have held on there ever since. The same pickups I have on on there now, like we've never touched them, we glued them on there, and they've never moved in twenty years. <laughs> oh my god! We set them just right, apparently, because they've yeah. seen a million shows and they're still rocking, and it's great. But um, it sits in my garage and there's week there's times where I'll go like weeks without touching it and I'll take it out and it's still in tune and it's uh it's a beast. It's, it um, is a beast, man. And it's such an iconic trademark for you, you know? <laughs> it's really cool. And it's it, it you know, it's a good part of um I think the image, right, of some of the projects that you're you're involved in. Um you mentioned obviously third degree sideburn, probably one of the newer, older ones you've been involved in for over 20 years i think right 20 yeah 21 years this year yeah. i love i love that band i can't tell you how much i love i love that band yeah. just the energy and I'm, i've talked to lars about this because he's done a couple podcasts with us yep. um but just the <clears throat> fact that you have you know three type a personality musicians going at it L lots of egos on that stage <laughs> <laughs> But the energy that results is is unmatched for a local Columbus, Ohio-based three. I, I just I, I, I'm always impressed every time. Yeah, I mean we you know 21 years and it's basically the same show it's always been. I mean we, some of the songs we play we've been playing from day one, and uh, I don't know. We like we we just found that energy like me and. To Lars came along later. I mean, he's been in the band, I don't know, 15 years, I think. And uh, the band formed in 2002. Lars joined like 2008. But like right from the beginning, we had me and Tony just had that energy between us. And we, we in, in, in the early days, we called it Atomic Rockabilly. That was like the term we gave it. Because we, we wanted to be a rockabilly band. But like we we had that extra energy, like it was it wasn't traditional rockabilly. It it had a fire to it, and uh, we kind of set that bar from the very get go, and it just this is kind of like where we where where we've kept it. You know, we've always had that energy, and uh, it's definitely still there. Yeah, 
I remember I remember we played a show at Scully's back in the early 2000s, back in the early days. <laughs> and uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, we were opening up for uh, Lee Rocker from the Stray Cats. This is like 2004, I want to say, at Scully's. And uh, we did an opening set, and John Petrick wrote a review about us later on. <laughs> and John, I don't know if you know John Petrick's reviews, but they're usually... Uh, very honest and um, unfiltered. Yeah, that's a good, there you go. And he basically says what he feels and good or bad. And he uh, <laughs> he did not care for our energy level too much. I don't think he um, he kind of slammed us wow. he, he, as he you know we're not the first ones, but it kind of. We kind of like almost took it as a compliment, though. We were just like, well, like that's not, what he said isn't really a bad thing. He was kind of like, they were just, he said we were so loud and hard it was painful. And I thought, well, some people that like that. Kind of point, <laughs> yeah, man. He said, he said, he said, brought on speed brains under the seat, rock and roll. <laughs> mm. But I was just like, well, you know, some people like that stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. So. Yeah, that's a that's a great show, and I'm, I'm glad you guys are still. You know, I know you are all on. You all have different projects, but you do sometimes get together. You know, and I think I think you have at least one gig left in yeah. 2023. We do October. We're up at Roops in Delaware. Yeah, I'm not sure the exact date. I'm not that organized. That's okay. I think it's in October <laughs> if I look if I remember looking correctly. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's worth driving if you're if you're not yeah. a Delaware resident to to go see. Roops. That's a great, great, Roop. great venue. Yeah, you ever been to Roops? That's a good I, place. I have. Yeah. That's, yep, that's, that's a great venue. <clears throat> Josh uh, Josh runs that place, and he does a great job. He um, takes care of the bands, and they always got a good crowd and good sound system. And that's a good gig. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And so, along with Third Degree Cyburn, um, I know you've got other, pro- but you're, you've got a main project, main band um, that you've been running with for a little while. Let's talk a little bit about the Digs. Yeah, right? man. Yeah, we're in our tenth year. It's amazing how time flies. Uh, so yeah, we're uh, we're still carrying on. It, it's um, so the band started out in 2013. Right now, it's me. Fred Gavlik on saxophone, when he's been there from the beginning, he's he's the other original member. <laughs> and there's been about 20 other members in over the 10 years that have come and gone. <laughs> it's been a revolving door. But we have a really kick-ass lineup right now. Uh, we got Greg Sharp on guitar. And uh, he's, he plays with uh, Bastard Sons of Neptune and uh, Stolen Fire here in Columbus. And... Uh, He's Greg. Greg is fun. Yeah, he's fun to to witness. Yep, he's a good dude. Great guitar player. Very loud, but you know, I like loud. <laughs> well, the Digs plays. You know, how would you describe the Digs uh, um, format? We are uh, we're not your typical uh, cover band. I mean, we play all covers at the moment, um, but a lot of them are very obscure. It's uh, like classic R&B, early rock and roll, um, 50s, 60s for the most part. Um, very obscure. We're, we're kind of we're, we're doing something different. You know, we, we're, we're a bar band, basically, when you break it down. But we, um, we're not playing the radio hits. We're not playing stuff you're, you know, 
most people have heard or like expect when you go out and see live bands. I'm playing a lot of just obscure like Otis Redding. Uh, we do some like uh, blasters. We do like a handful of blasters tunes. Um, oh gosh, what else do we do? <laughs> Lynn, what do we do? <laughs> you do you do badass rock. Is what you do from probably what. 50s, 60s, yeah. forward. Yeah, it's all you like, go back it's all a like little, obscure little further soul than tunes, most. Really is all it is. Yeah, but it's um, it's just good rocking. Yeah, and we got know? we got a Troy Kunkler on drums. He's he's a new piece. He's a he's a jazz dude who's uh diving into the rock and roll world. <laughs> well, you know, and it's 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 definitely a different vibe than say Third Degree, right? It's it's I think the mix of your your bandmates is very um diverse right you have like you just mentioned your drummer's more of a jazz player mm-hmm. um you've got uh, just a kick-ass guitar player and uh saxophone yep. along along with you on you know part yeah. of the rhythm section of the bass thumping thumping on that it's different it's kind of a spin-off of third degree cyber but it's more like r&b influence like classic r&b um blues Soul. Stones, the Rolling Stones. We, we do, we do uh, at least one. I got to do at least one Stones tone. <laughs> it's required. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's all kind of, it's all, you know, influenced. Classic soul, really, is really where it comes from. Yeah. It kind of started out as a rockabilly thing, like fifties rock and whatever, but it's it's evolved over the years. Now it's more R and B influenced, like classic R and B. You know, and the saxophone plays a big role in it. It's drenched in saxophone. For sure. <laughs> yeah, and it's a good time. It's a very good time. No, but I'm and excited about playing. I'm excited about the current lineup. It's it's catching fire. It's um The Digs. Yeah. We got some shows coming up. Um hold on a second. Let me, let me pull out my hand computer and look up the dates here. <laughs> Yeah, so from the end of August of twenty twenty three, we can still catch the digs. Yeah. We're, um, let's see, uh, let's see, we got private party on the 16th. We're playing at the Copper Penny out at Las, at, uh, Las Vegas. No, we're not playing Las Vegas. Copper Penny out at Buckeye Lake. Uh, that's a fun place. September 16th, 22nd, we're at route, uh, El Dorado's there in Clintonville, Beach Walled area, High Street, Morris Road. Great venue. And, Great music. Uh, 29th, we're at Local Roots in Powell, September 29th. We got some other shows, but you know, you can check us out on Facebook. We got stuff coming up. The Digs. We're on fire. Yeah, man. <laughs> and so is your base. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Um, awesome. Now, you're also, I've, you know, I've seen posts of you, um, and, and I've been to the venue, I think, one time, um, but, um, you know, looking at... Um, 40 deuce right mm, yeah. that's that's a venue in the eastern area and we can see you playing the infamous rockabilly yeah. flamed bass that we talked about earlier um how, how did that come about for you um good question um so they opened up right before covid hit i believe like fall of 2019 that would have been um and they actually contacted me about playing like you know they described it to me as this uh, burlesque show, and um, I didn't really, I didn't really understand exactly what what was going to be taking place here. And yeah. um, they pitched it to me, and 
and I kind of passed on it. I had other stuff going on and you know, they, I didn't, I couldn't really commit to it, but then like COVID hit and like, you know, the whole world changed and wiped everything out. And then, so it's like spring of 2021, it kind of came back around and Patrick, the main bass player they had at the time, or still is, he's still there full time. Um, he contacted me just as a, like a filling guy, you know, just to substitute for him when he couldn't play. And so I jumped on board and it was way more than I expected. Like I, the, the way I, the way I imagined it when it was first pitched to me, like I thought it was just some small time show, like nothing, nothing to write home about so much. <laughs> but then like when I went and saw it, I was just like, holy crap, this, this, shows way bigger than i expected it's it's true burlesque right yeah it's there's really nothing like it around it, it's um it's very i, I kind of feel like I, I used to live in las vegas so it, like it feels like a very much like a las vegas type show to me um very very uh you know high production and big sound system lights big stage i mean it's it's really it's and it's a really fun gig to play it's um it, 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 so they do it every Friday and Saturday night, and it's over there at Easton. Um, early show, late show, they do like an early dinner show, and then there's like a, a nightclub show later on in the evening. And uh, it's super fun. I, I look forward to it every time. It's it's a different gig. I mean, it's... How often do you play there? Uh, it usually works out to like once or twice a month at least. I mean, you know. So you'll make a post on Facebook, oh, you know, yeah. for following... Bart, Bart Jenkins, yeah, right? I'm, I'm heavy on the promotion and <laughs> shameless <laughs> yes. self promotion, just like me, man. I do the same thing. You know, you got to. I mean, it's free, right? Yeah, it's but Facebook. people people want to know. It's like, hey, you know, when are you playing next? I'm like, well, you know, let me tell follow, you. Follow me on Facebook. You know, I don't want to. Because there's a lot of folks that that are interested. Just constantly you know, begging, you. like, please come see me. Yeah, come play, man. Yeah. <laughs> Bring your band to my picnic. Yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, that's what we do. It is. Um, it is, absolutely. And so, um, yeah, forty deuce, that's that's gotta be a fun night out. Man, I it, it really is. I mean, it's a lot of high energy. I mean, there's a packed house every time I play there. Um, it's just a super fun gig. And it's it's unlike any gig I've ever played. I mean, it's it's um it's all instrumentals for the for the band. It's Upright bass, drums, and saxophone. Just a three-piece jazz quotation band. Although it's not really jazz. It's kind of rock, jazz, whatever. But uh, we play for the dancers. You know, they they have particular songs they dance to, and we we play them, and they perform. The show lasts about 25, 30 minutes, and there's a sprint. It's like when, when the show hits, it's like bam, 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 and like you get off stage and you're all sweaty and like adrenaline's flowing and it's like, holy crap, like it takes like 10 minutes just to come down from the excitement. Do they rotate the, the uh, burlesque performances with, with different companies or are they pretty much the same? No, it's same all dancers. Yeah. It's all, it's all house in house. You know, it's all, um, it's very cool. Ivan Kane. He's Local. the, he's the guy he's, uh, okay. he runs the club. He, he came here. He's from New York. He had a club in L.A. and like uh, he had one in Vegas at the Mandalay Bay, and maybe somewhere else. I'm not sure, <laughs> but it's world famous. I mean, he he's he's had shows perform all over the place, but uh, 
Somehow he ended up in Columbus. I'm not sure how that happened exactly. <laughs> but uh, he's got a killer club. I mean, I told him, I was like, this from what I've seen, this is the best club you've had. And he's like, oh, yeah, no doubt. He's like, he's like, for sure. He's like, you're not wrong. And uh, no, it's really cool. And if you haven't been there, definitely go check it out. It's um, There's nothing like it around here. Yeah, for, that's like, good to know. Really, the whole Midwest, really. It's, it's, uh, it's a very cool place. Columbus is lucky to have it. Cool. Very cool. So Bart, you know, I think those are your top, top three. Are there, is there anything else active right now? Um, oh, I'm playing with, uh, so Greg who plays with the digs, his other band, uh, stolen fire. They, they play every once in a while. So I've been sitting in with them. Um, we got to show up at roops up there in Delaware again in October sometime but yeah that's that's basically it yeah cool i think so unless there's <laughs> unless there's something, something i'm forgetting how, what so how did how did you get involved and when in music man um i i felt very musical from an early age um you know i remember you know like preschool years just like you know, my brother, I had two older brothers and they would go to school and it'd just be me and my mom hanging out. And I'd be like hanging around the living room. We had one of those big, uh, stereo consoles with like the speakers built into it with like the turntable that like sat down inside it <laughs> and all that. And, uh, my brother was getting into the stones and like, we had these stones records laying around. I remember putting these stones records on like tattoo you emotional rescue and like Middle that of the afternoon, good. like it was really good stuff. I was like four years old, like putting oh. these records on, like dancing around the living room, like doing my best Jagger, and like you know, from like an early age, I was very much into music. My my parents, they weren't musicians, but they were very musical. There was always music playing in the car. My mom would sing to me, and they'd like to dance. They you know they they would go out with their family and friends and dance on the weekends, and very very drenched in early rock and roll and my brothers latched onto that and uh i did as well and like i just grew up in like kind of a rock and roll household really and uh as i got older you know i dived into all the classic rock stuff and and i'm a huge stones fan because i don't know i just caught on to them early on like i said and uh and they turned me on to like a ton of other groups like the influence them or not really groups of people, you know, just the early blues artists and pretty much any genre of popular music. Really. They've been influenced by reggae country. I mean, everything. And it's opened my eyes to a whole nother world of like other performers. And, but it all kind of starts with them for me, for me. But then like fast forward and my brother, my oldest brother had a band when he was in high school, um, called a uh, soul butter. <laughs> <laughs> which is a great band name soul butter and uh so he was in a band in high school and like i was always kind of like you know it, it interested me i was just like oh that's cool you know like have, be, have rock and roll band and everything and, and that eventually evolved into something else when they got out of high school and i always knew i wanted to be in a band i i from a very early age i i just i don't know we had a drum set in the house. I taught myself how to play drums when I was like nine, ten, something like that. And uh, I always thought I'd be a drummer, but that didn't happen. But um, my brothers 
they, they started jamming with these guys when they were, you know, like college aged and I was in still, still in high school and, uh, they would get together like every Friday night and like rehearse like religiously, like every Friday they get off work and like pile all the crap into the van and like go down to this rehearsal space and, uh, set up and we'd play and I would just hang out and, uh, I wasn't playing anything. I just hang out, watch him and just try to get involved somehow, jump on a microphone, hit a tambourine. You know, my brother would get up and go to the bathroom or something. I'd jump behind the drums and play a song or whatever. You know, I'd find any opening I could to get involved jump in there. <laughs> yeah. Like I just wanted to be a part of a band somehow. And, but they would get together and jam with a couple of friends of theirs and uh, guitar players. And it was two drummers, two guitar players. We had this two drummer thing going on. My two brothers played drums. And uh, a lot of Almond Brothers, Grateful Dead type stuff, you know, two drummers. And um, they didn't have a bass player. And this went on for like a year. And like every Friday night we'd get together and jam and they didn't have a bass player. And so my birth, my 15th birthday was coming up. And for months I was just talking, just like, I'm going to get me a bass for my birthday. I'm going to come start jamming with you guys. Like, <laughs> like this is happening. Like, you know, two more months I'm going to have a bass, you know, just hold on. And my 15th birthday came, and that day, uh, me and my parents went down to the string shop there on campus. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> and uh, bought a little uh, <clears throat> Epiphone bass and a little uh, PV amp. And that night, I went and jammed with them. Didn't know what I was doing. Like, I had no idea. But Just was, thumping away. Yeah. Like, you know, first song, okay, put your finger right here. We're going to do that, and then we're going to do this. And, <laughs> and that was, like, lesson number one. And uh, and it just took off from there. And Excellent. You created your own future with your with 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 vision, visualization, and no. speaking and moving in the direction that you set out for yourself. That's freaking awesome. And I, uh, and having played drums before that, just you know, I mean, I wasn't a great drummer or anything, but I knew how to keep a beat and stuff. And um, and that definitely helped me learn how to play bass. I mean, just having that rhythm and stuff. And um, within a year, we were playing out in bars. I was 15 years old playing in bars <laughs> and uh, in my, in my flannel shirt tucked in and my hair parted down the middle and, you know, cowboy boots. And <laughs> I was, uh, I was ready for the stage, but um, no, we were, uh, so the band was Clubber Lang, which, oh, wow. <laughs> so I, so I've come to see that there's a new band in town called, called Clubber Lang. And dude, I'm telling you, they are freaking awesome. They're one I'm of sure my favorite. They are. They're one of my favorite bands out there right now. But when I first saw them advertised, I was just like, "What?" Like I'm looking at the picture, like I don't recognize these guys. Like who? Like, but the funny thing is, so uh, John and Buzz, who are the guitar players in my Clubber Lang, they still perform nowadays as Clubber Lang. They don't perform all the time, but a handful of show, shows of year, a year they perform. So there's That's two interesting. there's two clever lanes in town. So I hope there's no You're sliding that in there, huh? Yeah, you know, <laughs> Columbus has two soccer stadiums. Why not have two club, two clever lanes? Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh! But maybe they could do a show together. That'd be that'd be uh, anyway. That'll, that we'll have to we'll have to hook these guys up. <laughs> We, they can form one super group. I think they're very different. I'm sure they are. <laughs> anyway, That's pretty cool. I think though. Mr. T could play. Mr. T is just going to come kick all of our asses. Oh, it doesn't matter. So. Probably. Um, 
Wow, man. So how old, so how old are you now? You're getting involved. You're playing bass. I'm, I'm old. No, um, no, like then. I mean then. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so that was 15 when okay. I started out. So you're, yeah, good for you, man. And started playing in bars when I was 15. And, uh, and, and you know, it, it just, I was driven, you know. I was like, I was playing with these guys who were like college aged at the time. And, you know, I really didn't have much of a social life in high school. <laughs> I pretty much sat. My memory is like sitting in my bedroom playing bass every night is really what I did. And, uh, but you know, that's how you get good. Right. Absolutely. And, um, but, uh, you know, we were playing in bars and, uh, my very first gig was, oh shit, it was a place called Dow's on high, which isn't there anymore. It's still a bar. I'm trying to think what it's called right now. Hendocks, maybe, it's on. It's right there on High Street, where the blue near right couple doors down where the Blue Danube was. Um, but we had it was like it was like our third show there. That was like home base for us. We played there like every month or something, and like our third show there was like off the hook crazy. <laughs> like mm. all of our friends. Well, it wasn't really my friends because we weren't old enough to drink. But like all of our college age friends showed up and packed this place and. Uh, it was like one of the wildest gigs I ever played. And like, it was like my third gig I ever played, <laughs> but like they, they shut us down. We played like one set and the Bart manager came to us during the break. And he was just like, I need to shut you guys down. Like shit's getting too crazy. People are stealing beers. Fights are breaking out. Somebody took a swing at me. Like he's like, he's all rattled. He's just like, I need to shut you down. And we were just like, oh, my God. We were just like, well, like, uh, it's all of our friends. Like, they're all here to see us, blah, blah, blah. And we we're just like, can we do, like, three more songs? And he's just like, all right, three more songs. That's it. And so we ripped through these three songs. And, man, it was like Madison Square Garden. <laughs> that's what it felt, felt like. Felt anyway. like, it. Felt like it. <laughs> at least to me. I'm, like, 16 years old at the time or something. And uh, it was crazy. And he sh and we, sh we played the three songs and quit. But, like it was like one of the craziest gigs like crowd wise I've ever experienced. And I'm like 16 years old, like third gig I've ever played. And I'm thinking like, Oh, it's like this all the time. Like welcome to the rock and roll world. <laughs> Little did I know. But, um, <laughs> my main memory of this show is like at the end of the night, the place is kind of clearing out. And I was outside at the time. I wasn't inside the room when it happened, but somebody stole, I'm pretty sure I, I know who did it, but I'm not going to say, but, Somebody walked into the kitchen and took a bag of flour and busted it open and threw it up in a ceiling fan. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so I come back inside and the whole bar is just caked in flour. Like it's just, or yeah, I guess it was flour. It had to be, I don't know. It was flour. But like it, it the whole, whole room is just caked and it looked like it snowed. Like, I don't know. Like, like an 80s party? Yeah. And like it was just. Third gig I ever played, 16 years oh, old, like man. completely impressionable. And I'm just like, just like, oh man, this is my third gig. Like, wow, you know, <laughs> rock and roll. Yeah. Rock and like, roll's dangerous. Like, but like, I don't know if I've ever played anything as crazy since then. Like it's, you know, different, different show memory. nowadays. It's a good, that's a good start, Bart. <laughs> you got a great start. I know. It was all downhill from there. How, well, <laughs> how far from Columbus did music take you then? Oh man. Uh, well, I lived out in Las Vegas for a while. Um, I guess that's as far mileage was. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, my whole family moved out to Las Vegas for a few years back in the late 90s. And we had a band out there. Me and my brothers had a band out there called uh, Morningwood, which had a uh, great logo and T-shirt. <laughs> the T-shirt was more popular than, than the band was. Do you, do you still have the T-shirt, Bert? I do. <laughs> I, have, gotta... I have a box of shirts in my basement. Still. Oh, my gosh. We, listen, I, I, I want to buy one of those They're screaming for eBay. I don't think you got to go that far with it. I think you get good money. Just, I mean, I, I'd love to see what's on that shirt. Oh, I should have brought one. Darn it. Oh man. But it's uh word is can't really describe, but it, it was very is there a logo for morning one. There is. It's, um, I'll, I'll just let your imagination wander and you can imagine what it is, but it's, um, it's a good, it's a good t-shirt. It's, it's a, it's a boy's dream. That band, I'm sure, you know. Yeah, it was, it was memories. And actually, that's another. There was another band called Morningwood that, like, in Vegas. No, in, in like somebody hit it big. I forget. Like mm. a few years later, I don't know. Everybody takes my band names. Damn it! <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> we I, we got to see. You got to do a post with with the t shirt. Yeah, I should. I will. I, I, I I'd love to buy first. one. Right. I'm wearing out. No, or, Lenny, uh, maybe, I'll just give maybe it to Beth. You. I don't know that Beth would actually. I don't know if she would do that. We'd have to check with her. I'll Depends just, on how how crafty the logo. Uh, you'll love it. I'll gi- I'll just give you one, Lynn. <laughs> okay, might man. have some I'll take might have some it. moth holes in it or something. I don't it'll, care. It'll be all right. I don't care. It'll be a, it'll be a good night shirt for you. <laughs> you don't want to know how I yeah, sleep, Bart. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, um, that's cool. And so Vegas, that sounds like a good time. Um, who now? Who have you performed with? Like, who you know, outside of local? I know you've been invited to perform with with you know national global acts. Who who have you performed with? Well, um, not not. There's not a long list, but um, <laughs> there's a, a well. So I play with Terry Davidson here in town. That is a dude you need to get on this podcast. I'd love Terry I'd love, Davidson. I'd love to. I, you know, I I've been to some of those shows, and you've you performed there, but I've I never met Terry. I don't know Terry, yeah. but if, he's a great. If you dude. want to help pull that together? I, I, yeah. I think he's a important. That that you, you could do like a whole like series with that guy. He has stories. He's that dude has performed with and opened up for some of the biggest names around. And he's been doing it for for Years. a long time. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you gotta get you gotta get him uh, him on. But he's he's That's a really cool. good dude. He, he's like a brother to me. We've been playing off and on with him for like fifteen years, and uh, so we we've through him I've opened up, or opened up and performed with some some pretty cool names. But um, so we played with uh, in recent years. We played with uh, Dick, uh, Magic Dick from uh, Jay Giles Band. We played with at the Eighth uh, and Neum downtown. And, uh, that was really cool for me. I, I, so back when I was in high school and like had no social life, I would actually be sitting in my room on my bed, like jamming along to these live Jay Giles recordings. That was like part of my lessons. I would teach myself. <laughs> and, uh, but I used to like sit there and jam along to these live recordings of, Jay, of the Jay Giles bands. It was great live albums they had. And like, 
you know, when you're doing that stuff, you're like envisioning yourself like on stage with them in your mind, you know, like you can picture the room and the crowd and everything. And, and, uh, so all these years later, we got to play with Magic Dick and, uh, it was surreal. Like, you know, be standing there living out like a dream you had, you were imagining when you were a teenager and like, you know, you're like playing a tune and like, you know, you, you know, something like Pack Fair and Square and like, I was actually singing the tune, like, you know, and, like, the time the song comes for the harmonica solo, and, like, Magic Dick comes walking past you, ripping the harmonica solo, and it's, like, you know, the hairs on your arms, like, go up, you're just like, oh, my God, this is amazing, you know, like, rock and roll fantasy camp stuff, you know? That's cool. But, uh, nah, that was really cool, I mean, and, like, you know, it's just neat to meet somebody like that. It's very cool. And play with them, and somebody you respect, and, uh, you know really cool experience you know and uh the night before we we rehearsed over at terry's house we're down in the basement rehearsing and you know playing whammer jammer with magic dick down in the basement like (laughs) it's just like you're kind of pinching yourself like wow you know this is really this is really amazing to be experiencing all that that is very cool then uh then it's like that same summer we played with uh, mitch Ryder, uh backed him up for a show it was like a fourth of july show up in marysville and uh that was really cool you know i've always respected him and liked his songs and everything you know he's one of his early kind of you know blue-eyed soul type you know uh rock and roll guys but coolest thing about him was we're like doing a rehearsal the night night, night before there at the show and uh he pulls up in a car you know, gets out and walks up on stage. You know, he's like 70-some years old at the time. It's like five years ago. And uh, first thing he says to us when he walks up, he's just like, you guys can play as loud as you want to. <laughs> and I was just like, I was like, all right, this yeah, is going to be a good show. Like, you know, like, man, like, he could have been like nitpicky and whining about everything. Like, he was just, he was just like, he's like, I got in-ear monitors. He's like, you guys can play as loud as you want to. I don't care. And I was just like, all right, let's go. Rock and roll. Very cool. So, yeah, that, 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 that was cool. You know, I've seen you post some things about um, some performers. Um, so, for example, you know, what's your connection with James Brown? <laughs> like, what's up with that well, story? It, it turns out my mom is really good friends with James Brown, or was. <laughs> At least from my point of view. <laughs> All right. That's I'll, cool. I'll tell you this story really quickly. All right, so uh, I was living in Las Vegas at the time, and and I, my parents flew back here to Columbus to visit, and they were flying back to Vegas, and I was waiting at the airport to pick them up. And this is so this is pre nine eleven, where you could actually sit at the gate and like wait for your people to come off the plane. And I'm sitting there, literally sitting at a slot machine, waiting for the uh, plane to you know unload and. And I'm sitting there, and this, like, I can see some commotion, like, around the the entrance to the gate, and, like, cameras going off and crap. And, I, and I'm just like, like, you know, what's going on over here? Who's this? You know, and like, Vegas, it's not un- unusual to see somebody famous just walking through somewhere. And uh, James Brown comes walking through with this, like, little entourage. This is, like, 1990, I want to say 1999. And uh, he comes walking through, and... I'm sitting there, like, I actually had tickets to go see him the next night at the House of Blues. I was just like, oh, there's James Brown. He's getting in town. 
And my parents, they, so they flew from Columbus to Atlanta, then Atlanta to Vegas. So when they caught the plane in Atlanta, James Brown was on their plane, sitting in first class. Mm. And uh, so he, he walks by, and I'm, just, and I'm just like, oh, man, that was cool. James Brown just walked by. And uh, so I'm still waiting for my parents, and they're like literally the last people off the plane. And they come walking off. My dad's like grinning ear to ear, and he's just like, did you see who was on the plane? <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, I saw James Brown. He, I was like, I'm going to go see him tomorrow night. Yeah, you know. And, so we go walking through the airport and uh, like the Vegas airport, there's like a whole nother like section where you got to like take a monorail to get back to like the main hub. And we walk up to the mon- uh, like the monorail station and James Brown's standing there waiting for the monorail, just like we were. And uh, we're standing there and my mom like bumps me on the arm and she, she she's holding her little uh, 1990s disposable Kodak camera, 35 millimeter camera. <laughs> she's like, go ask him for his picture. And I'm just like, he's got a whole entourage around. I'm like, I'm just like, I'm not going over there. Like, don't, don't tell me, get the hell out of here. And she's like, well, I'll go ask him. So she walks over, I'm just standing back watching this. And she walks over and walks up to James Brown, taps him on the shoulder and he turns around and they're sitting there talking back and forth and like, I'm sitting there watching this for like 15 feet away. I can't hear what they're saying, but like, they look like they knew each other. Like they're just like carrying on and smiling, nodding heads. And I'm just like, my, does my mom know James Brown? Like, like this is so <laughs> weird. Like, like, like they look like long lost friends. And like, so my mom like looks back at me and she like waves me over, like, come over here. Like, like almost like, Hey, come on over. I'm going to introduce you to my good friend, James Brown. <laughs> So I'm just like, oh, I don't know what's happening here. So I, I walk over and like James Brown walks over and sticks out his hand and shakes my hand. And my mom like jumps back and, you know, t- snaps a picture. And I'm just like, I'm just like, I, you know, like, this is crazy. Like, you know, cool. You know, and, and, uh, so, and he didn't, he didn't really say anything to me. I was just, you know, I was just like, you know, I'll see you tomorrow night, man. You have a good show. And I slapped him on the shoulder and that was pretty much the extent of it. But you know, it was it, it so cool. I mean, my my mom is like the most selfless person there is. So like for her to do something like that wasn't surprising, but like it, it was, it was such a cool moment. And, uh, you know, I got a great picture and it's uh, something, something I'll never forget, you know, and to actually, you know, that's sweet. And I like, I like when you and... send that picture out on, on social <laughs> media. Cause it's like James Brown. Man. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. He's one, he's one of the biggest, Stars there is, right? I mean... Oh, for sure. The Godfather. <laughs> for sure. And I've seen another similar scenario with with um, with Chuck Berry. Like, what's your connection there? <laughs> like, what's up with that? <clears throat> All right. Well, that's another Vegas story. Um, and and it's, 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 you know, it's driving the ball down the T-yard line and not quite punching the goal line, but... He um so he was playing in he was playing Laughlin, Nevada and at a casino down there and some friends of mine were were gonna be his backup band because that's what he did. He would travel around and he never had his own band. He would just hire local musicians to back him up. And uh so some friends of mine is a band out in Vegas, I think they're still around, the Roughnecks. They were gonna be his backup band. And um so I was sitting there talking to Rob, the bass player, who also played upright bass, and he was kind of an early influence on my you know, aspirations to play upright. And, uh, 
and we were talking about the gig and he was just like, yeah, he's like, he's like, in fact, cause I was just like, Hey man, can I just come hang out? Like be a roadie or whatever, you know, huge Chuck Berry fan. Like kind of just come hang out with you guys, which I did a lot anyways. Cause I was, I was pretty, pretty close to the band. And, uh, and he's like, yeah, he's like, in fact, he's like, bring your electric bass with you. He's like, he, cause they backed up Chuck Berry like a few years prior to this at the hard rock out there in Vegas before I knew them. And, uh, I guess Chuck was being kind of grumpy that night and he actually kicked Rob off the stage <laughs> for some reason. I don't know the whole story. You know, Chuck Berry has a reputation of being yeah. a little, little, he, he was difficult uptight. at times. Yeah. And so he kicked Rob off that night. So like Rob was going into this gig, like he might look at me and be like, get the hell out. And, uh, so he's like, bring your bass with you. He's like, if he doesn't want me to play, then you're the guy. And I was just like, all right, sounds good to me. So like. So like I got off work that day. I worked at the Monte Carlo out there in Las Vegas. And I got off work and threw my bass into the back of my 79 Firebird that I had at the time and headed down to Laughlin, Nevada, like in my mind, like fully expecting to play with Chuck Berry that night. <laughs> like I was just like, all right, I'm prepared. No, I've been listening to music all week. Like I was ready. Yeah, it was like I was like a backup quarterback. Like you gotta know the plays, like, you know, you gotta be ready to go in. And uh, went down there and 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 I met up with the guys and we're backstage and they had the it was an outdoor show and they had these two RVs set up one for the band one for Chuck Berry and uh, you know the show's getting ready to start soon there wasn't any rehearsal or anything like you just show up to this sh- you know Chuck Berry didn't rehearse with anybody and uh, so we're hanging out in the RV and I'm just like a fly on the wall I'm just hanging out and. Um, you know, I'm like 20, 22 years old at the time sure. and uh, living out of fantasy, you know. And uh, and so the promoter comes over and he comes in and he's just like, all right. He's like, Chuck Berry's next door at the RV, next door. He's like, just hang tight here for a little. You know, he's talking to the band. He's like, just hang tight. He's like, Chuck Berry's going to come over here in a little bit and talk to you guys and kind of go over the game plan and what, what you guys are going to do and what songs you're going to play, blah, blah, blah. And so he leaves it. He's like, I'll be back in a few minutes. So he leaves, and I'm just like, I'm just like giddy, just like, oh my god, this is amazing! Like Chuck Berry's gonna be here in a few minutes, (laughs) like, like this is so cool, you know. And uh, so the guy comes back a few minutes later. He's like, never mind, Chuck ain't coming over. Like, he's like, you guys just head up to the stage. (laughs) He's like, he's just gonna come out, and he's like, just go up there and play like a blues vamp, and like Chuck's gonna walk out and just lead you from there, like. So the guys go up, and that's what they do. They start jamming on something, and Chuck comes out and slams down his foot and tears into whatever Chuck Berry song he was playing, and the band's just, like, trying to follow along and figure out what the hell he's doing. And uh, so I never did get to play with him, but I got to sit on the side of the stage the whole show and, like, watch Chuck Berry perform from, like, 15 feet away and watch the band. But it was funny, man. I mean, he put on a decent show, but... After the first song, he, like, gets done with the first song. He, like, walks over and, like, walks over to Jason, the piano player. And he's, like, you know, he's, like, give me an E or A or whatever to tune his guitar. It's, like, Jason hits the E or whatever. He's, like, like, Chuck Chuck hits his guitar. So he's, like, like, he was, like, so out of tune. Like, wasn't even, (laughs) wasn't even close to being in tune. That's the kind of show it was. (laughs) (laughs) But it was cool. I mean, I got got some great pictures and it, it was you know, I came that close to playing with one of my idols and, you know, it, it was cool just to hang out and experience that and good for you. Be close to a legend, you know, for a night, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, in my mind, 
You're you're one of the Columbus, Ohio greats, man. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's always a pleasure to see you, whatever whichever project you're in, or sometimes the acoustic guitar in yeah. Bart is out there, right? You'll Every you'll, once you'll a post while. a show out there. And um, I think I made one of those a couple of years ago, but you know, it's always just, you know, your musicianship is, is uh, of, of high integrity, right? Like I know you work hard on what you do and what you deliver and it's, it really shows. And it, you know, and I think, you know, the, the folks that you work with work hard to deliver quality and it's, it's just really, really fun. Yeah. I appreciate that Lenny. That's awesome, man. Really do. It's awesome. And it's true. And it's, um, you know, it's it's good to to stay in touch with with what you got going on because um, it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's really good mm. local music and beyond in my mind. Yeah, I appreciate that. So I, it, you know, I I'm glad that you made the time tonight to uh, to come do this uh, podcast episode. I think we learned a lot about you tonight. This is really mm. really really cool. It's the whole purpose of getting your story out there, getting to know you a little better, and um, you know, uh, just being a part of the contributions that, that you make and that others make within the Columbus, Ohio local music scene. So I appreciate it. It's cool to do this radio show. I always kind of envision myself in another universe, like a Johnny fever radio guy. <laughs> it kind of is that it's man. my other dream that um, yet to come true, but you know, well, you know, I keep mean, you're welcome back anytime because I know you have a million more stories out there that we didn't I get to, few, yeah. but, uh, you know, uh, come back anytime. And man. I'm always down for shameless self promotion. So well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, we, we do have a cool show coming up, coming up. Do I have, do I have time? You got time. Okay. Um, uh, Ember Solis, who you've done the podcast I with, I do right? know Ember Solis. So yeah. the digs, the digs and her band are going to be doing a show at Natalie's. I want to say, God, I hope I, I hope I got this right. October 26th, I believe it's coming up. It hasn't been announced yet. Okay. But it's coming up. Oh, that's, um, that's huge. It's like a Thursday night, I want to say. It's a weeknight. I want to say a Thursday. October 26th. I'm pretty sure I have that right. We're going to be doing like a sock hop show. Um, don't quite have all the details yet. We have time. But um, it's our two bands. We're going to be doing a show. And it's going to be kind of retro feel. Sock hop. Sweeney and Dancy. Very cool. You know, wear your poodle skirt and... I'm marking you know, my calendar. Get your Danny Zuko I love outfit Amber. Out and, I love Ember you know. man. <laughs> yeah, and, she's and very cool. You guys. We just bumped into each other recently, and, and uh, yeah, we, we wanted to put, she wanted to put a show together, and I was like, yeah, let's do it. You know, you got to check out Recifest that's coming up September 16th I at know. the Pastimes... Sounds very cool. I cannot make it that night, but yeah, yeah check, the, check is, that out for sure. Yeah, Beth is um, going to be performing, but awesome. it's... it's, it's uh, mental health awareness mm -hmm. event. Uh, there's going to be some, um, you know, some, some, uh, display of resources and, um, also a lot of live music and a lot of, uh, food and fun. And it's actually the podcast here, Columbus local is going to be uh, interviewing, uh, some of the bands that are part of that like live. Um, like it's not like live, but it'll be on site yeah. And the episodes will be published, you know, throughout the next uh, um, 24 that's hours in, uh, or so. Plain City, right? Plain City. Yeah. Pastime Park, September 16th. Cool, right. ResiFest, so, right? ResiFest, yes. Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. And Columbus Local is a, is a sponsor. And uh, we're, we're supporting them in a couple of ways. So it's, cool. it's awesome. Yeah. That's, I wish I could be there. We're playing out at Buckeye Lake that night. So that's a... Can't be two places at one time. I know, right? I'm working on that. Got, cool, got to though. find my clone. 
<laughs> well, Bart, again, thanks. Thanks so much. Episode 22, Columbus Local Podcast. Right on, man. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.